Hey everybody, this is David Chodik, and welcome to our milestone episode. Welcome to episode number 100 of the Weekly Wealth Podcast. Really proud that we've made it this far and uh, just really hope that you've gotten a lot of value from listening to the first 99 episodes of the show. A um, couple things I would love for you to do. Check out my new website, www.allofmyassets.com. Um, I'm starting to help business owners to uh, build the value of their business through the eight drivers of business value. So if you're an entrepreneur and if you're interested in either running a more profitable business or maximizing the value to which you can sell your business, check it out, www.allofmyassets.com. Um, also, September 20th, I'm going to be speaking at the Upstate Small Business Conference here in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, a little bit of our episode is about that today, so go to www.upstatesbc, that's Upstate for S for Small, B for Business, C for Conference, to get signed up for that. It's going to be an action-packed day of networking and learning. And uh, I really hope that you enjoy this episode with Doug Mitchell. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chuddick, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast, where we talk about the mindsets, we talk about the tactics and the strategies that can help you to build and maintain wealth. And as you know, my name is David Chuddick. I'm a certified financial planner with Parallel Financial. So if there's anything keeping you up at night with regard to your money, with regard to the stock market volatility, regard to anything financial related, email me, um, david at parallelfinancial.com. That's david at parallelfinancial.com. We can have a, a Zoom call. We can meet in person if you're local. And we can really just see if there are any next steps because how we... How we handle our money should, should enhance our lives and the lives of those of us around us. So David at ParallelFinancial.com, if there's anything keeping you up at night. Um, today, um, I'm excited because we're going to talk about a couple of different things, but uh, I have uh, Doug Mitchell with us, and uh, we're going to be both speaking at a conference in Greenville, South Carolina in a couple of weeks. So we want to talk about that. And then Doug just has some great um, insight on building a sales team and leadership. So we're just going to dive into some things that can help the entrepreneurs of the world to just have better businesses and have, uh, have better lives. So, uh, hey, Doug, how are you? I'm good, David. I appreciate you having me on. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm excited. So let's let's talk a little bit about the um, Upstate Small Business Conference and um, and what we're going to be doing and kind of kind of what's going on in in Greenville, South Carolina, in a couple of weeks. Which interestingly, you're not from this area, so you're making a special trip. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Philip Sessions is a good friend of mine. Uh, we met through the Apex Business Network and. Uh, I was on his podcast a couple months ago and we just jived really well. And he, he liked the message that I had to spread. And what was kind of cool about it is, you know, he, he knows uh, that's my stick, right? Building great sales teams. But he pointed out during the call that I talked about legacy a lot. So he said, Hey, I want to invite you to come speak at my conference, but instead of talking about building great sales teams, I want you to talk about legacy. So it was really cool that 
he pointed that out and he's also challenging me to speak about something that I don't necessarily have a degree in, you know what I mean? Sure. And so uh, it's going to be an awesome conference. The, all the speakers that he has at it can bring a ton of value to your business or your startup, whatever the case is. So I'm really excited to go and learn myself and then try to give some value to the group that's going. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be one of the speakers as well, but honestly, I'm selfishly going because I like hanging out with like-minded entrepreneurs kind of between sessions and, and during the networking time, you can just learn so much um, from other people who are trying to do what, what we're doing. So you're going to be speaking about legacy. I'm going to be speaking about the eight drivers of business value. So if you're a business owner, what are some of the things that you can do to make your business more valuable? And it's just going to be a really, really, really cool event. It's going to be August 20th um, from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Younts Center for Performing Arts, and that's 315 North Main Street in Fountain Inn, South Carolina. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes, but um, it's Upstate, Upstate SBC, Upstate, Upstate Small Business Conference.com. Go in there, and, and if you're local, you'll really enjoy this conference, and uh, it should be, a, should be a great, great time. You know, they say that uh, you kind of are the average of the five people that you hang out with. So if you spend a Saturday hanging out with just some other go getters, some other entrepreneurs who are, who are making a difference in the world, it can really, really help, uh, help you to, uh, to up your game. So, uh, well, cool, man. Well, tell me, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, your business, mm-hmm. what you do. I know you have a lot going on in, in a couple of different areas, which is really exciting, yeah. uh, exciting for me to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm your typical suburb raised, uh, you know, Texan, uh, went through school and everything, wasn't really engaged. You know, uh, if you're an entrepreneur, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you tend to not really apply yourself unless something's super interesting to you, right? And so I, I managed to get through school. I graduated, didn't really do any homework, just aced the test. You know, I think I was pretty smart, but just wasn't engaged. Right. And so by the, by the time that I graduated, I knew that I was going to make an impact. I just didn't know how, right. I knew I had this drive. I just didn't know what to gear it towards. And so uh, I graduated high school. I moved to Corpus Christi with about 200 bucks and my Ford Ranger. And uh, I jumped from job to job. I probably got fired from my first 15 to 20 jobs, somewhere around there. Is that and, because you're uh, a bad, lazy person or just you, you just weren't cut out like to be an employee and you had that drive to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I always tore apart, tore apart systems and operations Okay. And, and tried to find better ways to do them. And this was just an instinct I had. It was a natural ability. And so unfortunately, that ended up uh, offending people <laughs> and sure. then they would fire me, you know what I'm saying? Cause I would have a suggestion on how to make the system run better or how to make the client experience better, whatever the case is. I just couldn't shut my mouth for the life of me. And so short answer is no, I was a terrible employee. <laughs> <laughs> and so I finally, I finally realized, okay, I need to work for other entrepreneurs because they have that open-mindedness to, um, further their systems or further their marketing, which is what I finally fell into. Right. And so I worked for a real estate company, did marketing for them. I worked for a um, collectible gold company uh, doing everything under the sun, including the marketing. And I learned a lot from these other entrepreneurs, kind of like what you were talking about. You know, I spent probably 80 to 90% of my time with these entrepreneurs because I was their right-hand man and their integrator in a sense. And so um, eventually I got the opportunity to get into door-to-door sales which is not what you wake up and dream about. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I saw the money in it and uh, I was able to 
to buy my company from the previous owner, which I actually worked for. So he owner financed it to me and uh, it was a door-to-door sales company for AT&T. Okay. And so fast forward about three years and we had 110 sales reps and we did about 5 million in, in revenue. And so wow. that's when I realized, Hey, I'm pretty good at this stuff. And I'm maybe making at- what as much money per month as some of your college, uh, classmates, you know, were making a year when, when they graduate or may, that may be an exaggeration, but probably, yeah. you know, door to door sales is not easy. And I'm sure you, you, there's some, some rejection and everything, yeah. but, um, you know, the rewards in life are, are from doing the hard things, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what I realized is like, because we're doing door to door, we get paid exceptionally for it. Right. And, and one of the things that I did is I didn't do it for long. Right. I, I, I knocked doors for a total of three months and then I started building systems and positions to replace myself. And as I replaced myself, my, my work had more and more and more impact. Right. And so from about 23 to 25, I figured all this out and started building out the systems and everything. And then once I, once I really put some money behind the recruiting, the system was built. I inserted all the new salespeople into the system, which had training, which had development, which had opportunity culture. Um, and it just spread like wildfire after that. And so now today, that's what I consult on. That's what my podcast is about, as well as I have a solar division and I still have my AT&T contract. And so we do AT&T sales and then we also do solar. Okay. And uh, tell what, what's, what's the name of your podcast? Uh, building Great Sales Teams. Yeah. Pretty simple stuff, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm, absolutely. Yeah. I did that. I did that for the SEO. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So sales tends to have a negative connotation. So mm-hmm. like if you're making good money in sales, you're probably making good money because you're lying and cheating to people and and making them buy something and manipulating them. And at least right. that's at least what what some people think. So do you find that it's difficult to hire someone who's never been in sales to kind of get into a sales role because of that negative connotation or or is that just a, a perception that I have? That, 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 that is a, a big perception, but there's definitely people in my business. So I'm what you would call a sales org. Okay. There, there's a product that exists and the makers of that product, the providers of that product don't necessarily have the means or the ability to sell, you know what I mean? Without taking on a bunch of liability. So they hire my company and we go out and sell for them. Right. And so there's plenty of people that have sales organizations that are willing to lie, cheat, and steal to make a bunch of money. And they do it all day long, right? But I was never really one of those people. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw that you could make money without without uh, misrepresenting the product or mispricing the customer. And so I said, okay, I'm going to build on that, right? Because I'm, then I'm not going to end up with a bunch of angry customers and a mm-hmm. bunch of angry salespeople that have to deal with the angry customers. If we do business the right way, then long-term, we're going to be in a much, much better place for it, right? And so one of the other things that I realized is, okay, I can create a filter for my sales teams in the um, in the shape of core values, right? And so if I onboard people and one of the first things that I explained to them is we have core values of this company, then then they're going to be filtered out by those, right? And so I'm going to make sure that they know that these are our core values and we hire and fire based on them. Sure. Right. So if they, if they, one of our core values is we operate with integrity, right? If they don't have integrity with their customer and we cut them loose, they have no if, ands or buts why we're cutting them loose. It's because right. they lied to the customer. You know what I'm saying? 
And so when you come from that place, you'd be surprised at how many, especially like entry-level salespeople, how much they appreciate it mm-hmm. because they've worked for other companies that don't have core values. Right. And so they don't know where the companies stand on certain things. Is it profit over people? You know what I mean? And so that that's not the case with us. You know, our mission statement is we help each other achieve freedom. Wow. And if it, if it's, if that's, if something we're doing is not part of that mission, then we don't do it. And it creates this filter for the company and everybody knows where everybody stands. And you, and that's kind of how you create the basis of your culture. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you, you're familiar, you know, Walt, uh, Walt Disney's brother said, when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. So mm-hmm. it sounds like, you know, in your organization, um, if, if somebody displays a lack of integrity, there's either zero or very, very, very little tolerance for it to happen more than once. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's the value, right? I mean, you know, lying to customers, misrepresenting is just simply not what we do. Other companies, maybe it's, you know, it's kind of okay. You, you, you do it. And, and if they don't question it too much in your company, it's, uh, it's, it's not that I'm curious, what are the other, the other value, the, the other core values? So uh, our first core values, we put the mission first, which is what I just said. We help each other achieve freedom. Uh, Our second one is we operate with integrity. Our third is we don't make excuses. Wow. Our fourth, our fourth is we work hard, we pray hard. And then our fifth is we live in gratitude. Wow. So I'll give you some examples of how we, because they're not just pretty words on a wall, right? Right. If they're pretty words on a wall, they don't really mean anything. Your employees and your salespeople are going to know that, you know? And so we live in gratitude every morning. We have what we call a sales chat and it's where we report our sales for the day. Right. Okay. And in that sales chat, the first thing I do, uh, so I typically wake up at 5.00 AM. So by 5.02, I'm posting it in that sales chat, what I'm grateful for. It can mm-hmm. be having two working legs. It can be the meal I had last night. It can be my wife. It can mm-hmm. be my kids. You know, it can be the simplest stuff or the most complicated stuff. The point is that you start your day grateful. And so we all post in there and then we do, we get a little insight to each other's lives and stuff like that and become more connected that way. Right. Uh, We work hard, we pray hard. Um, So, you know, I'm a Christian, right. And I believe in God. And so um, prayer is part of my life. You know what I mean? And I pray for everybody in my company, you know what I'm saying? And so whenever we sit down and have a meal together, we say a prayer first, you know? And so what that does is when people come into the company, if this is our core value and they don't like prayer, they don't want to be around prayer. Well, this weeds them out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't have to be Christian prayer. It doesn't have to be a certain uh, uh, religion or anything like that. All it has to be is we work hard. We pray hard, no matter who you pray to. That's none of right. my business, you know right. what I'm saying? But that's just mm-hmm. part of what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the third one, we don't make excuses. I'm, I'm a big proponent of the man in the mirror is responsible for everything that you do or that you have, or that you, you not, are not, not the government. They're not, not uh, the government. Oh man. Not See, your I've peer, been waiting. Yeah. yeah. Not your boss. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? The man in the mirror, it, it's a extreme accountability. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we want that to be one of our core values. You know? you know, what's interesting. You said extreme accountability. My, my business coach, um, actually has an extreme, it, our, our, our group is called extreme accountability and we literally pay, um, for the right to post our daily game plans every day of, of what we plan to get done. And then before uh-huh. we leave for the day, we give, you know, just a one sentence update, you know, and it could yeah. be, you know, crappy day. I totally screwed it up. I'm behind. I'm going to get it done tomorrow because, 
you know, we had fires, uh, but, yeah. but we're still that, that extreme accountability is so, so important. So I love that. So I uh, just wanted to throw that in and, and that, you know, the entrepreneurial world, right. I mean, you're accountable to yourself only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so you, and that's why you have those groups like you have, or you have coaches or, you know, you have your wife, right. Um, I'm a big proponent of that. Like you and your wife need to know each other's personal and business goals. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, how do you know that you're on the same page and that you're headed in the right direction? Right. And so, um, you know, I'm pretty excited because uh, I'm going to brag on her a second. My wife's a public school teacher and she just took the leap into entrepreneurship and she's starting a, a tutoring business awesome. for homeschool kids. You yeah. know, we know, we know being in the entrepreneurial space, that's a big need right now. Sure. You know, people are losing faith in not the public school system necessarily, but the way the teachers are treated in the public school system. So they're very hard to come by, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, there's, there's a, there's a, a gap in education there. So she's starting that, which is really awesome. So those are just some examples of how we try and implement those core values. And then, you know, we had a situation a couple of months ago where, uh, a high level person, you know, somebody that ran a whole division for me, uh, misrepresented our core values at a, at a big team event. You know, we spent all this money to take everybody to this conference. And, uh, unfortunately he didn't, he didn't represent our core values and then it took me a couple of days, but when he came back, I did, I did terminate him cause it was like an extreme offense, right? It wasn't something that I could coach. And, um, the literally an hour after I terminated him, I notified the team, several people called me and said, we were waiting for you to do that. We were waiting to see if these core values were real or if they were just pretty words in a wall, you know? And so that was a big deal whenever that happened, that kind of cemented the fact that, Hey, I have got to make sure that if I'm putting these on the wall and we're saying them before our meetings every day, um, that when somebody violates them in such a way that you can't really come back from that, yeah. we're, we're taking the appropriate action, you know? Yeah. And, and we did, we, we literally, we literally lost over the last couple of months, you know, what is a million dollar, uh, a year division. Wow. Because of that decision that I made, you know? And so, but you know, a year from now, I should be able to look back and see that it was the right decision. I'm in it right now. So it doesn't feel like the right decision. Right. But I I know in my heart that it was the right decision. Well, and integrity, which, which is one of your core values, it's not cheap at times and sometimes, or at least the short-term perception is that it's not cheap. Um, not being integrity is, is very expensive in the long term. Um, yeah. You know, we have we have a 19 year old and we have twin 15 year olds and 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 we have unbelievably good kids. And um, one of the reasons why they are are quote good is, and I'm I'm going to put this on my wife is we've literally never and and never is is accurate made an unfounded threat. So if when you tell your kids or your teammates if you don't do X, then Y happens. The first time Y doesn't happen they know that it's not always true. So when mm-hmm. you see the kids and, and the parents are counting one, two, if they get to three and don't do something, credibility has gone forever. So um, everything that we do as leaders, and, and you're a leader as a business leader, you're a leader as a parent, it gives mm-hmm. a message. Um, and 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 we, we better act uh, to make sure that we're giving the message that um, that we want to give. Because if you're giving the message that you're soft and, and these are just words on a wall, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna take over the uh, the organization um, pretty quickly. Yeah, so, so it was I, definitely huge for us. 
Yeah, yeah. So I saw a Facebook post that you put out about uh, I can't find anybody that wants to work. And, and you just hear that all the time mm-hmm. nowadays. I can't find anybody who wants to work. And, and you you kind of talked a little bit about um, uh, some some motivators and, and, and how your organizations do that. So talk to me about like the I can't because, you know, I would honestly think I wouldn't be able to find anybody who wants to knock on doors and sell because that's a hard job. Right. Mm-hmm. But it seems like you're you're finding people that want to do those hard things. So 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 talk to me a little bit about that social media post and just kind of your philosophy on 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 work and, and who are they working for? Yeah, so I've I've heard that a few times now in my business networks, you know, and and everybody you know, the same way I heard that and I immediately, uh, immediately shot it down. Right. Um, I'm sure I say things like if I was to talk about something, you know, to do with financials, you know I mean? And have an opinion on something you're an expert in that field. And I'm saying it as someone that's not an expert. Right. So you may, you may in your head, shoot it down right away. You're like, no, that's not the case. Right. (laughs) And so, I recognize that just because this person says this thing doesn't mean that they don't have any value. It means that they're mistaken in that category of business, you know? And so what happens too often is, you know, it's that it's back to that extreme accountability, right? Mm -hmm. If, if I keep hiring people and they keep quitting on me and I'm not asking why are they quitting and looking at myself in the mirror, then that's the issue, right? Mm -hmm. I've got to look at my, first of all, how am I attracting them? What medium or source am I using? You know what I'm saying? Depending on what I'm hiring for. So I need to look at that. What And what is that source producing in terms of quality of uh, employee hire or a sales rep hire, whatever the case is. And then the next thing I need to look at is my onboarding process. Do we have our stuff together? Is it a mm-hmm. fluid process or do they have to fill out the same form five times? Because on my you know first day on a job in your organization, if I'm thinking, what the heck are these guys doing? They don't, exactly. they didn't realize I was coming. They don't have a computer set up for me. You know, that's starting the relate. And again, that's showing me up front that maybe this is not an organization that has its, uh, yeah. its stuff together. Yeah, absolutely. And so the way that I audit all of these things to make sure that, hey, we are an attractive company, because you're absolutely right. You know, some people don't want to work, but you need to attract the ones that do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I operate everything off of Kodak. That's my that's my operational system for consulting. That's how I run my businesses, right? And because they're sales-centric organizations, this is a little bit sales-centric, but you can apply this to your teams too, right? So there's five parts of Kodak, right? It's an acronym um, and it's compensation, opportunity, development, operations, and culture culture being the most important, right? So compensation is what gets them into the business, right? Is it, is it in writing? Is it simple? And is it to where that they can read it? It's not built for you. It's built for them, if that makes sense. And they can, can they see like, if you hire a new, um, a new uh, financial services salesperson, can they see exactly how much they can make a year, depending on what product they sell? You know what I'm saying? Is that all lined out for them and easy to read? And what it, about like you have administrative people that are not necessarily directly in sales? Right. I mean, you know, not everybody's motivated by want to make as much money as possible, right? I mean, Correct. if they were, we would never have administrative people. Mm-hmm. So that's not necessarily true, okay? <laughs> because my my thought is they they like to make money the way that they make money, right? Okay. So yeah. whenever I bring an admin type person into it, 
I, I need to make sure that I have an opportunity structure for them. So they know, okay, Hey, I'm being hired for an admin, but I have potential to go in these four different directions, Okay, whether it's sales, marketing operations, or executive, you know, and typically I have to go through the first three to get to the, the last one. But they, what we're going to do is we're going to find out what they're good at, right? And so at least a maximum of a year into the business, then we're going to start pushing them towards one of those one of those mediums, you know? And then now they're going to be responsible for the new admin coming in or the busy work under that medium, right? And then they'll get more responsibility as they go. They'll be responsible for reporting to the COO, the CFO, whatever the case is, and then they'll move up in the structure of the company. But they have to kind of see that path. And so one of the things I like to ask, especially in admin or uh, employee interviews is what do you, what do you like to do mm-hmm. in your jobs in the past? What's been most interesting to you? Sure. And it doesn't matter if they're only jobs have been fast food. There's something in there that you can pick up. And this is, this is a skill as a, as the business owner, as a manager, you've got to have the skill to understand, okay, what they're talking about is sales. What they're talking about is operations. What they're talking about is mar- marketing. You got to be able to recognize that. And then tell them that you recognize that and say, okay, yeah, we have uh, our marketing division, which, you know, operates on a a budget every month and this is our cost per lead. And so I could see in the future, if that's something that you're passionate about, you could work in that division. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so not everybody's company is that big, but even if it's not, you can still paint the picture in your vision. You got to give them your vision, right? And how their vision fits inside of that. And a lot of times people don't even have anybody to ask them that mm-hmm. like what is your vision for your future if you were able you had this limitless wall to paint on and you were able to paint what you wanted to do in this company what would it be yeah you know i mean and i would feel valued if i were a teammate a team member of mm-hmm. yours or, or even someone who who is considering joining your team you know having somebody ask me those questions mm-hmm. um you know as opposed to how can you come in here and make me as much money as you possibly can make me absolutely so, you know, that's the, that's the compensation piece. And I know, you know, we kind of got off track a little bit there, but then you go into opportunity, which is what we just talked about. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's really important for me, especially with sales on the sales side to have that opportunity structure laid out. So they know what they're working towards because they're, they're coming in for the money and sure the sales position is going to give them that money, that access to six figures. Right. But how are they going to grow and develop as a sales leader, as a sales mm-hmm. manager? You know what I mean? As a human being. And that's the opportunity piece. Sure. And so um, you got to, and, and for me with the sales org side, it's got to be black and white. You gross this much and you train this many people, then you move up into management. You right. know what I'm saying? You give them those numbers to go after. They have to make sense financially for you, of course. And uh, you've got to build all that in, but having an opportunity structure up in front of them is incredibly huge. And then after that, it's development. Right. Again, is it in writing? Is it rough facing? We have what we call our freedom training and you'll appreciate this. Um, so we have different levels in the company, right? You, you know, you're at the entry level. We train you on how to, how to do taxes. You know what I'm saying? We don't do it. We bring in a professional that does, that did a training for us company wide. We recorded the training and then now you get access to that training. Right. Sure. And he explains, Hey, if you're coming into the company's 1099, you need to open up your own LLC. You need to start running all your expenses through that, your business mm-hmm. expenses through that LLC, so on and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe when they get promoted to like closer, which is our our solar structure, right? 
maybe when they get promoted to closer, then you're talking to them about, okay, if you want to invest in real estate, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so we bring in a real estate specialist. Or if you want to start planning out your retirement, this is how you do it. And we bring in David to to do that training for us. You know what I'm saying? And of course, we're paying all these people whenever they come to do these trainings, whatever it is, 500 to 1,000 to do the training for a whole company. So immediate value to the whole company mm-hmm. and then infinite value over time because now you have a training system in place that as people develop, you're developing their skills as in life. You know what I mean? We have uh, somebody that did meditation training. We have another person that does gratitude training. Mm-hmm. You know, and so these are developing them as a human being, not just as, as a salesperson or as an employee. Well, I really, really like that. And especially when you when you look at the money part, if you, you know, if a salesperson quickly goes from maybe not making that much money to to making good money, well, guess what? Money and time are the two things that we spend all that we have of. So mm-hmm. without a plan in place to kind of automatically put X percent away, you know, you could make $200,000 a year and you can spend 200,000. And then, you know, if you're 1099, you hadn't put, been putting taxes back. Mm-hmm. Now, not only did you spend all your money and you don't have any savings, um, you know, come April of next year, you're going to owe a, 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 a nice chunk of money that you didn't plan for. So, so yeah. it's very caring what you're doing for your people. Um, mm-hmm. giving them that resource. So I definitely commend you for that because, um, you know, you start making good money and it is, it is easy to, to not make good decisions. You're just not planned for it. And, and when you do it, you have to do it knowing, Hey, I'm building, I'm building out a culture that I'm no longer going to have to say there's nobody that wants to work. Right. right. Hey, you're not expecting an ROI that you can really tie down and that you see more money coming in. You're expecting people to love working with you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I never use the term working for you because it's just not true. Sure. Like the way I look at it, you get to a certain level in your business and all of a sudden you're working for everybody else in your business. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm now working for my employees. I'm now working for my salespeople. Literally my job, my biggest job is sales rep experience. Mm-hmm. I've got to make sure that the sales rep experience is good, whether it's their workday, processing a sale, or uh, when they're in meetings. My job is to make sure that that is a great experience for them because they, then they're going to keep coming back, right? Mm-hmm. So the last two pieces I'll get through really quick. Operations, that's a big one. If I sell $10,000 in products tomorrow and I have to go through all these headaches to get them fulfilled and it takes weeks, you know what I mean? And my client isn't happy, then I'm not going to have a good experience. You know what right. I mean? And so you have to make sure your operations are on point and in place. And then the last piece, which all of these build up the last piece is the culture, which is, you know, that's another piece that needs to be in, right? You know, we do monthly competitions and that creates a competitive culture, right? We're salespeople. We love that stuff. We create rankings, random bonuses. Um, and then, you know, we do quarterly trips and stuff like that. But then there's the more, the deeper stuff, which is the mission and values, right? What we just talked about, are they present? How are they displayed? How serious are you about them? Are you going to actually enforce them, right? And then uh, social media. I mean, especially when you're hiring entry-level salespeople, like if you are not dialed in, your company's not dialed in, and you personally are not dialed in your social media, you're going to be missing the boat there. Yep. That is a great place to put them on a pedestal, put them on a platform. You do a post about your salesperson that just earned two grand in a week and then share it, and then they share it with their family, and then all of a sudden you're getting residual recruits but it's also building them up and showing them off and making them feel accomplished, which they should. Right. 
And so that goes right into the recognition piece of culture, which is, you know, we, we, we have G club, OG club, we have a five grand plus club, you know, big checks, uh, gross dollars, showing them off on social media and then company swag. I love, of course, which is the hats and the sweaters and, you sure. know, the coffee mugs and all that stuff. So they can represent the company constantly and, uh, and feel pride in it too, because you have built out such a great culture and you're using this Kodak system and enforcing it and you're seeing the ROF from it. So yep. that's kind of where that post is coming from. Cause I know all the work I put into these things. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I don't have that mind. It is a mindset, right? Yeah, no, it definitely people- is. And, and one of the things is, you know, you always have to ask yourself this problem, whatever the problem is. So the problem of, you know, quote, nobody wants to work. Well, mm-hmm. do any businesses have successful teams? Well, yeah. Well, if they do, then it's possible. So yeah. got to figure it out. And there's um, a logic to it that people yeah. choose to forget. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, you know, there may be more difficult times than others to, to, mm-hmm. to field a good workforce. And that's totally true. And, and, and life is about, you know, entrepreneurs, when it comes down to it, we're problem solvers. I mean, that's what yeah. we do. Um, so that, uh, that's more, you know, more we, often we than not, out. the problem is your prices are too low because your prices are low on the front end. You can't pay them enough on the back end. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, nobody wants to dig digits anymore, but they'll mm-hmm. dig that ditch for 20, $25 an hour. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you got to charge $30, $35 an hour in sure. order to yeah. justify that. You Which know? is scary sometimes, but but you got yeah. you you have to believe um in, in the product that um that you're you're providing. All right. So let me let me let me ask you this. So most entrepreneurs they get involved with their trade because they're good at their trade. So the guy that mm-hmm. kind of likes plumbing, he starts a little plumbing company, and then there comes yeah. a point where he's no longer plumbing. Um, he's, you know, he, he's running a plumbing business and it's pretty much a disaster. So, um, so that guy's listening to this podcast and thinking, Mm -hmm. man, you know, this is pretty cool. You know, there are ways to find people and build a culture where people want to work. Um, there are ways to, to kind of build a system where I can support my team and they can excel. Um, you know, if that person wants to connect with you and learn about some of the ways that you can help them. Where the heck do they find you, and 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 how would they, you know, what does it look like? How you work with with um, business owners like those? Yeah, so um, the easiest way to find me is www.txbizdad.com, and so all my social media handles are at txbizdad. So TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook—that's where you can find me. Uh, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And as far as working with me. You know, I do one hour calls all the way up to 90 day uh, impl- implementation plans and consulting packages. So it just depends on what you've got going on in your business. You know, I just actually got off the phone before we got on this call with uh, a guy that has a construction company and uh, he doesn't necessarily need a sales team. He needs to develop a referral partner program. Sure. You know, so we're going to put together a referral partner program. And I, I'm only doing that because I just did it in my business. So I've had firsthand experience of it. And it's going really well. We love referral partner programs because they're more of those passive leads that are coming in. And then of course the referral partners getting paid too, or getting a benefit from passing over those leads. So that's been a, a, a really cool program for us. Yep. I love it. I love it. So anybody who's thinking this is kind of interesting stuff, um, 
txbizdev.com. Check it out. If something that you want to move forward, you know, give it a shot. I'm, I always talk about, I'm just such a firm believer that we all need accountability. We all need coaching and we all need to hire people to help us with the things that we're not good at. So if you're struggling with culture, if you're struggling with helping your team to sell, if you're struggling, even with, you know, the quote, nobody wants to work, you know, give, give, give Doug a shot, you know, and see if, uh, see if there's some ways that, um, that he can help you out. So, well, awesome. that or go to Phillips business conference. Absolutely. Like, yep. Saturday yep. after next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Friday after next. Um, if you're, if you're in South Carolina, it's going to be worth, uh, worth the drive. Uh, all the speakers are going to be good. At least hopefully they all are. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm going to be one of them. So and uh, I am too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, this is, this is awesome. So, um, yeah. So last question. Um, so we're the weekly wealth podcast and, uh-huh. and we talk about the mindsets, tactics, and strategies to help you to build and maintain wealth. So Doug Mitchell, I would love to know your definition of true wealth. So what is true wealth to you personally? It's being able to do what I want when I want to do it. So true wealth to me personally is is freedom. Mm-hmm. And my strategy to do that is to pay the people that know how to do it to do it. 100%. Like yourself, David, or I'm involved in a lot of syndications that, you know, you give them 50 grand, you give them 100 grand. And they take it and invest it in real estate or in land or whatever the case is. And then they give you a return on that investment. You know, they're experts in that. I'm not a big fan of taking my own money and working my own investment, whether it be the stock market or um, whether it be crypto or something like that. I think it's important to pay people that do this stuff for a living. You know, the same way, uh, you know, if somebody wanted us to build out a sales program, they can call me and have me do it for them and they can collapse time, Right. I, I don't want to risk my money to learn how to invest in stocks. I want to give mm-hmm. it to somebody that knows how to do that already. So that's my strategy for building wealth and freedom is what it means to me. Yep. Everybody answers that question with some version of freedom. It's not necessarily the money. It's what the money allows you to do or allows you to not do because you could pay somebody uh, somebody else to do it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, this is awesome. I'm looking forward uh, to uh, a week and a half from now. It's going to be an awesome conference. Um, I'll, I'll put the registration information uh, in the show notes. And anybody who's in the upstate of South Carolina, definitely come on by. Uh, Doug's coming all the way from Texas. It's going to be a great time. And, uh, and yeah, check out uh, txbizdev.com if you're looking for any help with your company culture, uh, sales training, and everything related to that. The information contained herein, including but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other material obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. The materials are provided for informational purposes only. It should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results.